Are we live? We are live. I am cosplaying Punk Elsa today. No, I'm just kidding. Whatever. It's Prompto. Prompto. <laughs> Gender bent Prompto. Well, at least before these shenanigans get rolling today, because I know how this is going to go, let me just say, welcome to BitFace, and for the first time at a con, all three of us are here. Oh my god! <laughs> We've uh, First time all three of us are here, so I am, I am super excited about that. And then um, I want to introduce our guest. <laughs> Who's making love to the camera over there? It's Who's completely the making? I know how to do. <laughs> and I've said it before on Bitface, but I completely respect not only anyone that's going to cosplay, and we have sexy Gandalf with us today. Cosplay takes a lot of skill. Being in character takes the utmost level of skill, well, and, I, I, and I think that's what we're what we're dealing with today, right? Absolutely, no. That's the play part of cosplay. I feel without that part, it's just costuming. So you have to play. I'm not going to make it through this one. No. It's all right. I have this effect on everyone. <laughs> oh, yes, he does. So you, you obviously, you know, uh, you know Bex. You know B-Rex, right? I do. Amazing cosplayer and amazing humanitarian. <laughs> she is. Uh, you know, I often, I often talk about Bex as, uh, as the humanitarian. And the humanitarian first, of course. I mean, we're lucky enough to have her here as our co-host but I know, first and foremost, she's dedicated to her charity, Cap for Kids, which is down here with us this weekend at Galaxy Fest. If you are in the Colorado Springs area, stop by the table. You cannot miss Tyler and I. And a- another first today for BitFaced. We have started recording live. We were on time. And, and I'm sober as fuck. And Tyler Whoa. is not oh drunk. My God. On a Saturday morning at a convention. <laughs> it's absurd. Normally, I'm just plastered by now. <laughs> Um, so I'm kind of I'm kind of proud of you. You got up today. You Thanks. put on a suit. Hey, you, you are looking sharp. I don't, I have to say, normally I like less clothes, but you pull off the lots of clothes. <laughs> you know, some people dress down. I gotta dress up. Fair I, enough. I gotta. I'm a little cuddly. <laughs> so. I'm not as are good. Are you saying I dressed down today? You well, no. You always look did, good. Did sexy Gandalf dress down? You sexy Gandalf definitely dressed down. I think so too. It does sometimes less is more. <laughs> It doesn't matter how you look, E, just how you sound. Well, if, if that's the case today, then I think we're good. <laughs> we're all good. But I'm not going to lie. Like, I might take Sexy Gandalf as a host, too. He sounds really good. Oh, I you would... know, if you want Sexy Gandalf to replace me today at any time, you said today I actually get to walk around and enjoy myself for an hour. I'm uh, going to, yeah. I feel like I'm on a car trip with my dad. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, you said I got to actually enjoy the con today and buy some comic books. So once we do get done with interviews today, if you want Sexy Gandalf to sit in as Eric today, I would be The OGSG is always ready. <laughs> well, Because I'm not going to make it through this interview. <laughs> uh, dude, you're, you're good. How, how, you don't have to talk to me out of character, but how nice. long does it take you to prepare you're not missing beats on your voice. And I do accents. Right. I would never pre- uh, pretend to compete with you. How long well, do you prepare you. something like this? No, for a character like Gandalf, it comes from just starting off as a young man, just doing voices. I'd hear a voice and be like, I like that voice. I'm going to give it a try. And then, excuse me. It's okay. Then after that, it's all about just studying the little things. It's, but my favorite technique to do is this, this voice probably has been about a year and a half in the works. 
but the, my favorite thing to do is actually listen to impressionists do the voices you're trying to do because the brain makes an easier connection hearing someone else do the impression than versus going against the original voice itself. So lots of study of other impressionists at this point. It's interesting you say that because it's kind of like skateboarding until you see someone do the trick. You don't know the trick can be done? That's a really good example, absolutely. I'm I'm full of them, trust me. Hang out today, (laughs) man, you'll see. Oh, I hope I I get some metaphors and similes as well. (laughs) Oh, you're going to get some of those uh, today, no doubt. Um, But to... Besides Sexy Gandalf, when you decide to play other people, who are some of your favorite voices to do? Who do you like to, to, to cosplay as? So one of my favorites of all time, I, I was asked to do a wedding between uh, Black Cat and Spider-Man. And I was ordering an Iron Man armor. I worked at a costume shop at the time, but the Iron Man armor came in late at the wedding. So it's the day of, didn't have an Iron Man outfit to officiate this wedding. So I decided, what other, what other characters could I be? And mostly in Spider-Man universe, you have villains. And so I did the lessest villain in J. Jonah Jameson. And he is by far one of my favorite voices because you're just going to yell at people all day. And you're going to be angry, and people love it still. <laughs> that was spot on, man. Thank and, you. And you're talking to somebody who's been a Spider-Man fan since, I don't know, I was four. <laughs> no, that's the thing. I was walking around San Diego Comic-Con as J. Jonah Jameson, the one and only. And the best part is I just lift my fra- fake press badge and go, make way for press, press. And they did. It was beautiful. <laughs> there was that always that double take. They're like, who the f- is this? Oh, ah, oh, you got us, J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> I've seen, I, I think, I'm pretty sure I've seen pictures of your J. Jonah. In fact, I think you sent them to me, Rebecca, yeah, and did. they were spot on. Yeah. So, mad Perfect. props, man. Perfect. Thanks. Uh, besides J. Jonah and Gandalf, yeah. anyone else that you, you love to play? Bex has like 40 outfits she changes no, in between. Uh, <laughs> no, my, my favorite of all time is actually doing the Dread Pirate Roberts from The Princess Bride. Because you get to be... I fell in love with that movie as a kid. It was just, it's was just been my favorite movie. Number one for a long time. And you just get to be dashing and charming and make little one-liners and be witty. And you get to use the sexy British accents and as you wish. And all the ladies love it. Who wouldn't yeah, want to be Carrie Elways? Too, That's right? the most thing. So, fun fact about me. I'm actually the official Dread Pirate Roberts. Um, from Carrie Elways himself. Met him in Salt Lake. And he passed the title to me in front of a crowd of about 6,000. Dude, that's, I, I'm super jealous right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, so definitely, definitely uh, Carrie always Dread Pirate Roberts. And then another one is Spoik from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. Just got to love that's my bringing boy right the Spoik. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, did we just hear solo. your real voice for, that was, for a that second was a little there? Bit, that I was, was a little bit I was wondering. Actually, yeah, no, actually, I'm from Ireland, <laughs> but no. Um, <laughs> No, you but yeah, Spike, me, Spike is the best. Because, again, it's just another one where what I tell people in the costuming and cosplaying is what you'll realize is uh, the, the actors before you did a lot of the work for you already. So with a guy like Spike, you just have to wear the confidence that James Master's already established. Because 90% of the appeal of Spike is done. It's out there. And so if you just show up and just try a little bit, then people are like, oh, my God. I find that people don't. Uh, try if you guys both of you uh, Bex especially break it down for me how many people today I see in costume are actually going to be in character I'd say less than 10% oh less than 5% less than 5 okay yeah well, it does, and I think what it is is it's, it can be kind of intimidating because you see a lot of people who are quite good and you wonder oh, how do they improvise and how do they always just pull stuff out and how are they always just thinking on their feet and how are they doing these voices but at the end of the day what you have to realize is it's all just for fun we're all playing make-believe and I believe that there's a lot more in my experience I find a lot more people who want to do the in-character portion but just don't believe they can 
And once they believe they can, they will, I'm sure. I like it. I, I, I've never cosplayed before, but I have a feeling if I'm going to do Brody, I'm going full bore in character, oh, except when I'm interviewing. I, I, no, I, interview I, people you as Brody. In character. Yeah. People will leave. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. I mean, yeah, but it's less work for you. So, uh. <laughs> so as I say, I've met more wonderful professional cosplayers as sexy Gandalf than anyone, and they love it when the character stays. It's just part of the charm. My favorite fan is actually Ivy Doom Kitty. She saw me at Denver Comic-Con, apparently. I did not notice this. And then when I was at San Diego Comic-Con, this woman comes running up to me and goes, my boss needs to talk to you. Can you come with me? And I'm like, who's your boss? And she's like, just come with me, come with me. She leads me around to the cosplay alley, and there's this massive line for Ivy Doom Kitty, well-deserved. And I come around, and she sees me, stops everything she's doing, goes, sexy Gandalf, get over here. <laughs> Starts taking pictures, nerding out entirely, and goes, I am your biggest fan. I tried to find you in Denver, but you were too quick. Which I hear a lot. <laughs> under what connotation? <laughs> under, 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 I'm always disappearing at crucial moments, of course. That's story of my life, man. Sexy Gandalf, not sexual Gandalf. <laughs> <laughs> This is the most I've laughed at one of our uh, interviews, and this is what episode eighty-seven, eighty-eight. Yeah, good job. Oh, yeah, I this take is it with the, pride. I, I normally can keep it. Uh, I normally can keep it together, and I'm sober too. Uh, and, <laughs> and yeah, dude, you you've got some you've got some mad talent. So if I came tomorrow to Khan, would you be sexy Gandalf? Or? No. So it's a good question. Um, sexy Gandalf came today because he was a special guest. He has a panel going on about talking some about body positivity and equality in cosplay and what it means to be sexy Gandalf and how I got here. But um, tomorrow, uh, again, I like characters I can be in character for. Yesterday was John Constantine, and that was absolutely card tricks and in character. And tomorrow, it's a brand new cosplay. I'll announce it here for Captain K. It's actually Dale Gribble from King of the Hill. Ooh, Been cool. practicing the voice. Going to have a left pocket full of sand. Hank, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. I blame the media blamers. <laughs> Dude, you are spot on. Thank you. No, I love it. I just love I love those characters. Because I've, I've also done like Luke Skywalker. Dorian Gray from League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is a popular one I've done before. But I find when it's just a reserved gentleman, I can pull it off, but it's not fun. I like, I like aggressively char- in-character characters. I would like to hear you do, since you said Luke Skywalker, Mark Hamill's Joker. Oh, I've done quite a bit with the Joker. It's a wonderful voice. And I just love that you asked. <laughs> Good request there, Tyler. Yeah, he said something that was Mark Hamill. I was like, you know what? I, if anyone's going to pull this off. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's going to be him. <laughs> no, that Mark Hamill's Joker is the icon to me. Like, I mean, I grew up with it, but it's just so representative of the spirit and there's no there hasn't been a voice since i love heath ledger's interpretation and there's been ma- wonderful interpretations but the spirit of the joker is so well represented in mark hamill's voice that i just i can't think of anything else since uh, we will not be able to make your panel today, tell our listeners, give us an overview. What are you going to be talking about today? Because I know yes. this is definitely of interest of, of Rebecca. And since oh, I'm lucky sure. enough to have her here <laughs> on her own podcast. I, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So well, I, I'd like to hear about it. It's kind of uh, starts about the development. Sexy Gandalf started off as a joke. And it was really just I was seeing a cosplay model at the time. And she was lamenting how men didn't do sexy cosplays very often. And it was largely sarcastic, based off of how she was always asked to do sexy cosplays. And so I said, don't worry, I'm going to do a sexy cosplay. Little did she know, she was getting sexy Gandalf. <laughs> and it was a Christmas card I sent out that year, where it just said, 
have a Merry Christmas and a sexy New Year. And I was photoshopped in on Karateros Pass. <laughs> and that's where it started. And then it kind of died away. And I brought it back to my Facebook page to thank my fans for hitting a milestone. And it went so viral, it just threw off all of the charts of my entire you know, analytics. So I was like, I think I have to do this. So I brought him to Galaxy Fest last year, and it was just a lot of fun. But all of a sudden, these requests started coming for him to appear. And so many people got behind this idea that, I mean, I am, I'm a good-looking guy. I won't deny that. But... I'm skinny, I'm hairy, I've got problems to the general mainstream media. Like, I'm not someone you're going to see on the cover of GQ anytime soon. But I don't care. I've just said I'm sexy Gandalf, and what you see is what you get. But what quickly started to, ve- to develop, apart from just confidence in myself, was uh, I started to uncover inconsistencies in the cosplay scene in general and inequalities, and it was quite troublesome to me. Um, an example of this is um, just seeing how uh, some... Uh, women were being thrown out of Denver Comic-Con uh, for outfits that were technically in the rules when I could show up like this and be like, well, I'm literally not wearing a top <laughs> and I have booty shorts that I know are barely there. So where, where, let's, let's talk about this. Let's really get into this. And another example is um, just seeing, like walking around at conventions and seeing how female cosplayers are treated in general. And... Sexy Gandalf, again, I'm a skinny guy. I'm just walking around with a bunch of beautiful ladies. And when, is, when there's a man around, I find in general that some of some, a small portion of the harassment will go down. Because I've always, in other costumes, I'm like, no, I, I don't like this. I, I, will, I will call them out. But Sexy Gandalf was this weird in-between place where they're like, I'm not worried about him. I'm gonna, we're going to do these things. All these what they think are innocent catcalls, but in fact are quite harassing. And so what I started doing just out of instinct was when a lob was sent to a female I was walking with, I would intercept it. And so they're like, hey, nice legs, baby. And I'd go, thank you. I've been working out. <laughs> and there's this great moment where the cat caller goes, well, no, not, not you. And you have to realize, oh, is it weird if you're saying it to an old sexy wizard? <laughs> or is it weird in general? And it's all about just working to call this out. And so that's something, some of the tactics I've taken to give people a break. And I've had people pull me aside and just go, it's so nice to walk with sexy Gandalf because people just stop. I've had celebrities at their tables catcall cosplayers and I call them out and they get really weirded out. They're like, what? I'm a celebrity. I'm not supposed to be called out for this. And I'm like, oh, everyone gets called out for this. But there's just, and it's continued from there. Uh, Facebook, for example, has a very backwards censorship program for its advertising program. I noticed this when um, a friend of mine just shared a corset picture. She had finished a corset, and it was gorgeous. But they were, the ad was denied because it showed too much cleavage. I was like, well, that's weird. So I came along as Sexy Gandalf, and I posted one where I'm reclining black, back in a boudoir-style shoot and just introduced myself, and I got passed, like instantly approved within 15 minutes. So I said, I'm going to push this a little bit. And so I pushed, put a much more uh, pr- a provocative picture up, and made provocative quotes that I had for Gandalf, like, uh, this, will be very good f- this will be very good for you and most enjoyable for me. And Gandalf quotes, and it was approved again in 15 minutes. And this, these are the problems that, that cosplayers, female cosplayers, have to deal with that men, men don't, no matter what we're doing. And so the goal of Sexy Gandalf is two-part, and that's what I'll be talking about in the panel. Now, to end this long ramble, is working that's to... That's why you're here. That's we it. Want, we want to hear this. <laughs> 
is to uh, find ways to ally ourselves. Because I would never say that I am here to help female cosplayers. I'm here to help cosplayers in general. I want equality. It's just an unfortunate truth that the most those dealing with the most issues are the female cosplayers in our community, and it's it's obscene. Another example is. Um, I have my. I, I wound up. Uh, Captain K is my original cosplay page, and it's where I do most of my operations. But Sexy Gandalf became so popular, I made his own page. And there's a strong sect of men that just Google or, or Facebook search "sexy" and message that page, whatever it is. So I have gotten more messages from straight men just assuming that I am some sort of sexy female cosplayer <laughs> from all over the world with the most outrageous things I've ever heard. And it's, I get to sit there and read my inbox and go, women have to deal with this every day. And it's absurd. And the only way we can begin to even try fixing it is to call it out, make it public, because at the end of the day, society in general will frown upon it. It's this, again, the great mask of the internet and the great mask of even convention anonymity. And so working as an ally, tactics I've found that worked is going to be some things we're going to be talking about. And then the other thing is just... No one should be judged by what they're wearing or what they aren't wearing. It's how you wear it. Um, again, uh, Denver Comic Con has had a controversial uh, costume policy that's been uh, going around. And so Sexy Gandalf will be appearing still exactly to the T. But when they say sports bra coverage, Sexy Gandalf will be wearing a sports bra. <laughs> and that's it. I'm going to be in the rules, but I'm going to show that it's not what you're wearing, but how you wear it that determines what is appropriate or inappropriate. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. I think that's great. Yep. You know what? Cosplay may not mean consent, but I'd love to just. Oh <laughs> no! Sexy Gandalf needs that. It, it's 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 I, I, again. It's not. It, luckily, you have permission. That's what I'll yes. say. Because I will say it definitely See, hasn't had the first. It wouldn't be the first time. I, I'll ask at least. I'll that's ask right. for it. You that shall not a... pass. <laughs> Smack on that ass. If we can get a picture of you spanking sexy Gandalf for the Bitface page, I will put that up immediately. <laughs> uh, yeah, I will put that up immediately. That that needs to, that needs to happen. If 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 sexy Gandalf oh, is down, and I know I'm Tyler's in. down. Uh, <laughs> Good God! Now my dream my dream shot to try and get one day is to have a uh, parody of the Coppertone Girl getting a shorts tucked down by the dog, but have it be a tiny smog <laughs> pulling down sexy Gandalf shorts. I, I think that can be pulled off. I really think it could. I just yeah. need to talk to the right person. I. I do we know anybody that can do that? I think we can pull that off. I'm sure. Absolutely. Well, you have my, you'll have my number. <laughs> Ask some cosplay questions, Bex. Oh, man. I've just... I haven't actually seen this in person, so I'm still, like, giggling. And having, yes. Yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to talk a little bit about your acting. Because um, yes. I know you do a lot of, like, stage work and stuff like that, too. Um, when did you get started with all of that, and how did you get started? It's a great question. Um, I got started in acting late. Um, I always was a performer, naturally. Um, but what I always tell people is the earliest acting, air quotes, for those who can't see my fingers, <laughs> that I did was uh, playing video games with my brothers in the early and mid-90s. Because that was before voiceover artists, so you could fit them in the, in the games. And so it was all text-based. And so I would read all the voices to my brothers because they were too young to read. And so I would do the voices. I did Banjo from Banjo-Kazooie and, uh, you know, Donkey Kong and all these characters. And that was my first just experimenting and being a character and cold reading. And then I didn't do a lot of it. I actually played football in high school and that got in the way of, uh, of acting up until senior year. Well, finally I was cast in a play and I had a lot more fun with that. And I was like, you know what? This whole hitting each other thing isn't nearly as fun as pretending to be someone else. So senior year of high school, I did my first plays and uh, 
just was almost going to do theater for my degree, but my parents, lovely supportive people, were like, well, maybe you want to see if you can do an acting-ish degree that might get you a job right away. And so I went into the recording arts, and it was wonderful advice because I still got to act. And then um, from there, it was literally just realizing, there came that day where I realized acting is what I love to do. I love to be characters, and I like to create smiles. And it was in early 2016 that I had a little bit of a health scare, and I realized, I was like, what do I want to do with life? Like, what, what's my legacy if, if there was trouble? And it became, I just want to make the world smile more. And one of the best ways to do it was through acting, and so I just pushed all in. I started auditioning more, I started selling myself, I stopped working. Uh, jobs that were keeping me locked into nine to five schedules and I decided to pursue only things that allowed me to act and that's when I realized this is this is what I want in life is is exactly what I'm doing now is just being a character and and making people smile well you're certainly doing a lot of that today well, thank you <laughs> yeah and I mean I guess it sucks that a health scare brought you to this but it's also really awesome that that you had the realization that, it was you know, that, it is short. It was that kick in the pants where I was just like, because I had been acting, but it was like almost that, not half, but it was definitely like, I'm trying to be realistic. I want to make sure I have a 401k. I'm trying to, and again, I'm not discouraging anyone from doing that. It's a very responsible thing to do. And I'm still not sure what I'll do at retirement. <laughs> but having said that, I realized that there was something more important to me than playing it safe. And it was, that, and that's exactly what we need. And sometimes that's what, what people need, is just something that to be made aware of what you really want. So do you do more plays, film, everything? So a little bit of everything, I would say. I I'm, I'm in a play right now. I unfortunately can't stay through all of uh, Galaxy Fest today because I have a play that starts at 7.30 at the Fine Arts Center. Um, but I am also part of SAG-AFTRA, so I'm a professional union film actor. And that's starting to get more and more. I'm pursuing more in New Mexico. And again, it just takes time. You know, an actor, an actor hears no probably 18 to 20 times more than they hear yes. But what you learn as an actor, if you're pursuing it, is that those no's are actually not right now's. It's when they're going, you're not right for the part now. You're not this person this time. It's not that you're not good. And I think that's what in both cosplay and acting, a lot of people get backward is when when something's told, oh, this isn't right, or this, you know, this isn't here, um, especially in the professional cosplay world and the professional acting, certainly. But it's not, it's not that you're not right and that you're not good enough. It's that there's opportunities and times for everything. And so one of the greatest lessons I've learned from being able to act in film is you are good enough. Your talent isn't what's at stake. It's just, are you right for the part? No, that's, that's, uh, that's phenomenal. Tell me about the play you're in today. Oh, yes. So it's Enchanted April. And in this play, it's a play about two housewives in 1920s London. And both of them are having opposite husband problems. One wants an adventurous husband, and he's all like, no, fetch the times, and we'll have dinner on time. And the other one wants a very, you know, uh, strict, you know, like, traditional, I should say, husband. And that one's like, hey, let's see the world. And so uh, they get depressed, and they decide they want to try and find some self, self-awareness, kind of self-reflection. So they decide to go rent a castle from my character, Anthony Wilding. I'm an former World War I veteran and a painter who owns a castle in Italy. And I, when they come to buy the castle, or rent the castle in April from me, they pretend that they're single because they don't want to be asked why their husbands aren't coming. So me, being a bachelor with a castle, I'm like, ladies. <laughs> so the hijinks then ensues in Act 2 as they go through their kind of self-awakening and I'm there on the wings being ever so charming, uh, trying to 
I'm doing my best. I mean, I'm not like a sleazy guy. I'm very much like a, hey, ladies, I'm, well, uh, this could work. <laughs> and they're like, well, we are very charming, but we are not single in truth. So thus the hijinks ensue. Do you prefer playing characters when, like, in period pieces? It seems like you've got the, okay, you're nodding your head. Something. I am, no, it's, it's, I haven't, in uh, I, the last two years on stage, I haven't used my natural voice. Um, it's been Tennessee, Russian, uh, Irish, several different English accents. Um, and I enjoy being the characters. Like, one of my last major plays, I played a father. And my daughter in the play, in real life, was about seven years older than I was. <laughs> but it absolutely was just one of those things where the character and the voice becomes so much more fun. I was a Victorian... I was in Peter and the Starcatcher, for those who are familiar. I was uh, Lord Astor, the Starcatcher. And again, it was, yeah... I, I, the hardest parts for me, hands down, are when it's just, you're a, do- you're a doctor. Okay, well, what about him? You're a doctor. You, you doctor things. You doctor people. <laughs> right, right, right. But what's it, what's it, what does he do? Yeah, where's, a, he, where's he from? Where's, where's he from? Why? You're, you're a doctor. You're, you're doing a checkup. And the hard part becomes making that interesting to me. Because I'm like, you know what? I could do, like, in my play right now, I'm, a, I'm an American playing a Britishman who speaks Italian. <laughs> and so I have this accent inception at moments in this play. And then meanwhile, if you're like, no, 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 you're just husband one. But what, what, how? how? How do you be husband? <laughs> I don't understand. So it, it sounds like you come from the school where you thoroughly research every character you're going to play. But it also seems like, and I'm just going to base this on <laughs> BitFace today, you're a very good improviser. I um, I love to improvise. And again, it comes from... I, I, I couldn't tell. Right, no. <laughs> Alert the media. No, but um, it comes all down to, at the end of the day, the fact that I just... I, I took pleasure out of it. I enjoyed it. And again, it goes back to something as simple. What I always try and encourage people, like, how do you do it? I had never had a lot of formal schooling and improvisation. What I did is I just did it with friends and my brothers. And again, when we're playing video games, we, we still, when my brothers get together, when we play Smash Bros., or we do Marvel Ultimate Alliance. We are in character forever. We're playing the entire time. And we improvise and just have a hoot. And it's a pleasure to do. And it's fun. And a lot of people find it fun. And so that's why I encourage people just just do. You get better by doing. And so give, just keep giving it a try. But no, improv is my absolute favorite. That's why my, one of my most successful panels in the cosplay circuit has been playing J. Jonah Jameson. What we do is um, I have a kind of panel of fake reporters. And it's called The People vs. J. Jonah Jameson. And I just try and yell why Spider-Man's a menace. <laughs> and they come with counter questions. And weaving around that on the improv, because again, there's a lot of stereotypical questions you'll expect. Like, well, he has to keep his secret identity because what if someone's at home? And I'm like, well, if he, you can't have it both ways. You can't have it both ways. I'm supposed to believe he can protect all of New York City, but he can't protect possibly some elderly relative of his? He can't be both ways. He's either capable or he's not. I'm not buying it. But you get, every once in a while, you get thrown for a loop when you improv. I remember being in Columbus, Ohio, for one of these appearances, and a little four-year-old boy dressed as Spider-Man, after I had just gone on a great rant about why Spider-Man should be in prison, (laughs) comes up to me in a little Spider-Man outfit and goes, but what if I was Spider-Man? And I froze. I was like, low blow, Columbus. But you have to be ready. You have to be ready for all that. And so it all comes down to just loving what, you, what I do in this case. 
and I can definitely tell you love what you do. I guess my final question today, what is Sexy Gandalf's favorite video game? Sexy Gandalf's favorite video game? Ooh, I would say if I'm alone, I'm all about Skyrim. Skyrim is the greatest single-player game of all time to me. Multiplayer, again, we'll be doing Super Smash Bros. I'm actually a regional champion and placed third in Chicago's tournament. And But right now, I'm all about For Honor. For Honor has the greatest melee combat system I've ever played. I'm completely addicted. Like, I actually have training in real life of Sword and Shield, and I'm playing this game going, I'm applying knowledge! <laughs> I have not played it yet. It is strictly multiplayer, though, correct? Incorrect. It actually is. Uh, it has a story campaign. It's not a n- t- terribly deep campaign, but it has three different hardness levels to repeat and lots of collectibles to find. But the best part about it is you can actually play the whole story mode co-op. So if you have a friend with a system, you can get on together and go through the story mode. Because uh, And from what I experienced, the, the player matching in multiplayer, because again, I tried Battlefield 1 for a while, and my kill-death res- ratio is about 0.3. Because it felt like real World War One. I. I just like I'd spawn and then something would drop on me and I'd blow up. <laughs> but in, in For Honor, everyone plays the hero. Like everyone's the superhero. No one really outmatches each other and the player leveling is quite good, so full recommendation from Sexy Gandalf. And it's Samurai Viking Knight or the Correct. three different classes? I'm all about the Vikings. The combat looks very Dark Souls to me. Would you compare it? That is very similar. I would say it's very, very close to that. Um, one of the things that it uh, really excels at, uh, similar to Dark Souls but yet better, is there isn't a lot of like, oh, you've started your heavy attack, it's going to go through whatever's around you, etc. Like, if you hit a wall, your sword bounces off. You have to consistently, strategically place yourself. And again, if the person is swinging at you at the same direction, your weapons collide and you bounce off each other. The physics are amazing. Well, now you're making me, as soon as we get done with Con today, I think I know what I'm doing. Uh, <laughs> I, no, I'm so upset that I have spent two days not playing this game because <laughs> I've been, I'm, I don't want to fall behind. We've been uh, playing Nio, and we can't put it down. Ooh, yeah, see. We can't put it down, Neither Tyler and I both, and that says a lot because we never play the same things at the same time. <laughs> and it's, a, it's an absolute blast. So if you leave today with any recommendation from us. I appreciate give, that. No, I need, give I need it. a chance. That's, that's, I certainly will. I think if you like the Dark Souls-style combat, Nio takes it, combines it with the Ninja Gaiden games that were oh, on the really? Xbox, and it's the same Ooh. team, Team Ninja. Um, again, my only complaint about the game is there's no Michael Dudikoff skin, but it's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I'll take that as the biggest compliment right there Ooh. that I'll get uh, all day, because you have <laughs> been you've been throwing right. jokes. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I, I, I am right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you've been throwing jokes left and right. Before we take a break today, yes. please, anything you want to plug, where can our listeners find us? Or oh, find you. Great. Shit. No worries. So I, I would say, I would say find us. No worries. Yeah, they, I hope they know by now. No, but um, uh, my Facebook page, Captain K Cosplay, Captain, the letter K, Cosplay, um, is my main go-to for all of my hijinks and all of my appearances and updates and things. And I really encourage people to message me. I like to be messaged. I'm, I'm not about the likes. I'm about helping people. And so just get a hold of me and if there's any questions if there's anything like oh I have a question I have an idea I love answering it and then Sexy Gandalf also has his own page and I'm looking to eventually get him trending beyond uh, his current status because I believe he can do a lot of good if you wanted a sexy cosplay partner what would you have me be? (laughs) well so I had an amazing time at Denver Comic Con once with a sexy Dumbledore and a sexy Merlin we all got together and that was a great time but um, what I'm looking for is a rad Radagast. That's what I'm looking for. Or a Saruman. Ooh. Right? 
We could make Tyler. Sar- Saruman has the beard. I mean, Saruman already has the beard that, yeah. that a sexy wizard needs. Because what I always tell people is, sexy wizard club is a beard club first, wizard club second. <laughs> Thank you so much for sitting down with us. Absolutely. This is our fifth or sixth con, and every time the first interview today of the day always dictates how the day is going to go, <laughs> and you have you have completely set a new bar for that, sir. Well, I appreciate that. That is most kind to say. And and, and thank you for Rebecca for you know for it's, it's glad to up. finally have Re- you you know here on yeah, the cast right? with with us. I know. And I can't believe you wore Marty yesterday. When I looked on Facebook, I was like, really? Well, my Final <laughs> Fantasy group is today. Did you see my oh. Doc Brown yesterday? I she did see your so Doc cute. Brown. She's going to sit with, down with us later. But, um, Good. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, Tyler, never mind. What, <laughs> what do you need? <laughs> oh, nothing. Are we going to take five? Yes, we should. All right, cool. Yeah. Thank, Thank you so you much. Seriously. Absolutely. Anytime. Welcome to BitFace. Please uh, introduce yourself. I guess he told me. What did he just tell me? Fruitcake Fruit cosplay? Fruitcake fruit yeah. cosplay? Okay. That's awesome. Um, I'm Vanessa, but I go by Fruitcake Cosplay. Okay. Um, I've been cosplaying since 2005. So, long time. Long time. <laughs> yeah. And uh, this is my first Genghis Khan. Ours, Ours too. too. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, first Not time. Not alone. <laughs> Are you having fun? Yeah, yeah. I'm having a lot of fun. Um, it's not as big as I thought it was going to be, but I like it. It's very like intimate and everyone's having fun and everyone's like interacting with each other. And uh, I'm more into the video game, and, but my partner is like into the tabletop. So we're kind of in our own two worlds. So it's nice. Are you from Colorado? Um, I'm originally from Las Vegas. I just moved here two years ago. Okay. Do you live up here in Denver or? Uh, Aurora. Aurora. So like seven minutes away from here, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah. We're from Colorado Springs, but also from the area and also first time we've been here. So you brought up video games, so we're just going to go right there. What yeah. are you playing right now? Um, oh, well, Tales of Berseria. I'm actually cosplaying the main character from that. That came out uh, not too long ago, a couple weeks ago. And I'm 30, minute, I'm 30 hours in, and I'm still not done with the game. So there's a lot of game, game time in that one. Um, I'm also playing Overwatch a lot. Um, I used to play League of Legends, but then Overwatch came out, and I was like, okay, Overwatch. It's a lot less toxic. <laughs> Um, and I, I'm just playing regular, like random Steam games, uh, Resident Evil 7, uh, yeah, just a bunch of different games on Steam. So I have to ask, and we're not going to go on an Overwatch tangent, but who do you, who's your main? I actually main Zarya. Zarya? Yeah. Awesome. That's fantastic. She's, uh, I, I, I like to think I carry her with a, a lot in games, so I, I play her a lot. I used to main Junkrat. But then I, I really just fell in love with Zarya when I started playing her. I, uh, I'm, I'm a D.Va player myself. Oh, nice. I actually cosplay D.Va. So <laughs> I was going to ask you, um, I, I know you're dressed as the main character from Tales of Basari today. What other cosplays, what, what are your favorites to do? Um, so I mainly just do mostly video game cosplays. I've done a couple anime and comic books here and there, but I, my passion is video games. Uh, a lot of my favorite co- like cosplays that I've done were from League of Legends. I did Ghost Bride Morgana. Uh, Velkaz, which is interesting because he's an alien with tentacles, and so I kind of turned him into a female version of it. And then um, I've also cosplayed from Overwatch. I've done D.Va. Uh, I had the mech uh, built for me at ALA. So really? So we had that in Los Angeles. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, just a lot of video games. I've done Resident Evil, uh, Tekken. <laughs> Who do you do from RE? What was that? Who do you do from Resident Evil? Um, Ada Wong. I did her Resident Evil 6 and Resident Evil 4 costumes. Wow. Yeah. So what came first, the cosplaying or the, or the gaming? The gaming, yeah, definitely. I, I was going to bet that. 
Cause, <laughs> yeah, because I didn't know how to sew until uh, I think middle school. But I've been gaming since I was a kid. Um, our first, well, I first played on the Nintendo 64, and then my dad got me a PlayStation. And yeah, my sisters and I played in front of the TV, with inches away from the TV. And my dad would tell us we'd go blind, but we still played for hours and hours. So. What were some of your favorite games from then? Oh man, there's a lot. Um, probably my favorite RPG was Legend of Dragoon. That was. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah. Uh, that, that was probably my hands down my favorite. I wish they would remake it. Um, that one was really good. I was into Crash Bandicoot. Um, Melee was a big one for us. Uh, we really got into that, and it was funny. We we actually went to school with some of the pro players now, and so it's pretty cool to uh, to see them play uh, Melee professionally now. And we're just like, oh, I remember when you were at my house, drunk <laughs> playing Melee. <laughs> But yeah, just a, a bunch of games on the PlayStation. So. That's awesome. Uh, uh, are you playing mainly PlayStation Four now, or you, you, um, go, you go over to the Xbox side at all? I I actually did play Xbox, but it was only for Conquer. I, it was the World War Two kind of uh, like storyline for that, and that was pretty fun. But I honestly didn't play Xbox a lot. It was mostly PlayStation, and now I'm mostly PC, just because it's uh, you know there's a lot of variety on the PC. Um, but I, I do have a PS4, and I do play some games on there. But PC is just very, much more easier to play master games. Master Race. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the I Master Race. I hear that race. a lot. <laughs> I'm guessing you're not the Master Race. <laughs> no, I'm a, I'm, I, I do have a PC that I can game on, but I go between the consoles. I, I float yeah. between Nintendo, Microsoft, and Sony. Yeah. And I, and I still don't get to play everything. Yeah. But no, I, I hear a lot of good things, uh, especially about the Steam community. And God, the prices of games on PC. I mean, that's a reason to be a PC gamer alone right there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the only thing stopping you is whether or not your computer can handle the really intense looking games. And uh, uh, luckily, I have a, a gaming computer, so it's no problem for me. So that's why it's so easy Even for me. some of the indie titles yeah. are only available on PC, which I think is... Uh, I think it's definitely an appeal to the platform. Now, do you play with a with a console controller? Because I know a lot of Master Race <laughs> still have that console controller. In I their actually hands. don't. No, you I play keyboard? keyboard. Yeah. Nice. nice. <laughs> I think uh, I actually was originally a console gamer, but uh, when I started playing League of Legends, that's when I started becoming PC PC Master Race, and then I, you know, learned how to play on the keyboard, and it was different. But I'm used to it now, so. So are you playing Tales of Viseria on PC? or P um, Actually, PS4. I was about to say, I didn't think that was on. I, it's actually on, it is on PC. Is it really? Yeah. I thought those were exclusive uh, console titles. I had no idea. Because no, there's a lot of Tales games, isn't there? Oh, yeah. I've, I, and I'm a huge Tales fan. My first one was Symphonia. So That's I, the only one I've played. On the that one's good, though. On the GameCube? Yeah, the GameCube one. Like, everyone asked me, like, I want to get into Tales. Like, what's the best game to get into it? I was like, Symphonia, hands down, was the best one for me. Is that I, only on GameCube or is that also on... It's uh, just GameCube, Only I think. GameCube, yeah. okay. They did a second one yeah. that came out on... the 360, on the, right? Yeah, I, I didn't really so. enjoy... <laughs> I didn't enjoy that one. It was not... <laughs> the cool thing about the GameCube one, though, is it actually had, like, a multiplayer functionality. You yeah. Could, in the battles, you could play two-player. And then after that, they actually all have uh, multiplayer now, because Tales of Berseria has multiplayer, and the games before that have it as well. How does that work in the, in the Tales game? Um, the battle system. So when you get into a battle, everyone has, a, has their own character, and they can fight. So it's kind of like... Um, 
don't know how to describe it, but it's not that everyone has their own camera. It's just like zoomed out camera, and then everyone just duels in the monsters uh, and stuff. Quest 64 style battle? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And like, can I assume if you're playing solo, though, the NPC controls the other characters? Yeah. And you switch between them? You can switch between them as well, but you can also control the NPCs. So like, you can command them, uh, go all out, or be more defensive, or run around and be crazy. <laughs> Sometimes the NPCs aren't that smart. <laughs> can you stop the, the battle and control everything, kind of like Mass Effect style, or is it always um, going? It's always going. It's not like turn-based, so it's just hack and slash most of the time, combos, and yeah. Is that the style of game that you prefer, or do you play everything? Yeah, I play everything, but I do like... I, I don't I'm not too fond of the turn base too much. Um, I do like being able to go in there and you know just rely on my own like comboing and all that stuff. Um, but I still I still like turn based games like Final Fantasy. Okay. Like that. What are you excited about coming out this year, or, or was Tails it? Tails oh man, Tails was my hype. <laughs> I, I can't um, tell by what you're wearing today. <laughs> <laughs> but Resident Evil Seven was probably my biggest biggest one to look forward to I, I'm a huge horror game fan mm. and I, I did play Resident Evil 7 and I honestly I didn't get the whole Resident Evil vibe from it until the end but um, I still enjoyed it like I it reminded me of like Outlast um, a little bit of fear which is like my favorite horror game is the fear series and uh, yeah it was it, I still enjoyed it not real. Like if you told me it wasn't Resident Evil, I would have been like, "Oh yeah, I can see that." <laughs> you know, we're getting a sequel to Outlast this year. I know that one. Oh yeah, I'm so excited about that. And one. I have not played RE. Well, I've played an hour of RE7, mm-hmm. and I'm with you. I I couldn't. And don't please don't spoil it. But I couldn't oh, tell yeah. it was an R. If you would have told me it wasn't an RE game, I would have believed you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It had a very, uh, at least in the beginning part, I played uh, very Texas Chainsaw Massacre vibe. Yeah. To it, right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I thought. Maybe it was the people with the southern accents, dude. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, there's some aspects that kind of give it the Resident Evil feel. But yeah, if you would have told me it wasn't Resident Evil, I would have believed you. So you finished it, right? Yeah. Is it worth playing through? Oh yeah, I I, I definitely suggest playing it. It's not that long of a game, unfortunately, but it's still really good. I figured they're about eight to ten hours, right? I think it was actually like. Shorter than that. Oh, really? Did yeah. you get it quicker than that? You're probably was... you're probably a much better gamer than me. Though. No, so for me, I mean... probably eight hours. <laughs> I mean, I do want to replay it on the VR. She had the mouse and keyboard. I had, yeah, I had that. See. So oh, the VR is uh, is game changing in that game. <laughs> oh yeah, like um, my friend has a VR, and he told me you can actually look around during the cutscenes, and uh, I'm I'm all into being immersed into something like that. So I I hope I I can go up use his VR and play that. Uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. In fact, a lot of the VR games you have to point and click to move. On Resident yeah. Evil, you use the controller. So your brain thinks you're walking, but you're really just standing still. I got sick. Oh, really? I mean, it's it, it really pulls you in. They also have, you can buy a candle that oh. you can burn while you're playing that smells like old wood and blood. What? Okay, is that is that sold like separately or separately is it like... from the separately from the VR? But they they make a Resident Evil Seven candle that you can burn while you're playing that smells like that and house. And it's official. Yeah, official. Oh dang! It smells like that house is supposed to smell. Wow. 
That's very immersive. <laughs> that's, that's kind of the direction we're going. What do you think about that? I mean, I think we're always all going to play the old stuff, but are yeah. you excited? I'm excited. Uh, I feel like games have... I mean, I, I was there when it was just... When I thought PlayStation, you know, graphics were like the best. I was like, oh man, can't get any better than this. But uh, obviously it is, and I, I enjoy it. I, I really like seeing uh, how far they are going to take the games and um, seeing... Also, how far they can take with the with the intensity of the games, because Resident Evil was not a kid-friendly game. Not at all. Uh, yeah, and I don't even think it's like if you have a weak stomach, it's not friendly for you. So, but it was it was. I'm excited to see where it goes. What other horror titles do you like to play? Because that's my bread and butter. Oh, I, yeah. I, not only horror <laughs> movies, but also horror video games. And I think it's a genre that doesn't get as much love as yeah as, as the other ones do. I think because uh, just. It just has a bad reputation sometimes with like certain games or certain movies, um, but yeah, my favorite ones are like Fatal Frame is a big one yeah. that I enjoy. And they've I like video ga- like scary horror games that have consistently been really good. Um, the Fear one has been really good. I know some people didn't like the third one because it was more FPS shooter than horror. They did go a lot more action yeah. in Fear Three compared to the first two games. Yeah, but I, I mean, I, I used to be an FPS player, so I, I enjoy it. Like, I, I enjoyed that one. So Fear wasn't too bad, Fatal Frame, um, the Resident Evil one, Silent Hill has been really good. Um, think of anything other did you play alien isolation oh yeah that one was good i'm just making sure there's no way you're leaving the podcast today without (laughs) me as a horror game fan anytime i talk to someone about horror games that's the first thing that comes to mind like hey make sure you play isolation because man that game scared the crap out of me yeah i was i'm actually so happy they came out with a good alien game because the movies were really good and then when they added the story of isolation in there it just fit and it was just perfect and the way the game flows and the gameplay the graphics the story is just really good it draws from the history of the alien franchise but it was its own thing exactly, I, I absolutely yeah. loved it are you going to be at galaxy fest next weekend uh i don't know okay i'm not making you commit to anything i'm just asking <laughs> the pressure <you> know, <laughs> <laughs> um i want to that i like i said i haven't been in colorado for a while i think i've only been here for two years and uh, I usually go to conventions in California or Las Vegas. So I'm always traveling a lot. Um, but I like the cons here. Everyone's really chill. Uh, Have you done DCC yet? Yes. Okay. DCC is really fun. Unfortunately, I won't be able to go this year because I will be going to L.A. for Anime Expo. Okay. Yeah. But uh, I'm sad that they're both on the same weekend. I was like, why? I like both of you, but I had to choose my my favorite con which is my ax so so you've gone to that con multiple times then i assume yeah is it a lot of fun tyler's the one that shouldn't have got up because he's the one that's into the anime (laughs) i'm not uh at all where is he we gotta go find him (laughs) no no he he will talk to you about anime all day long no i'm sad it's the same weekend too in fact dcc is getting a lot of backlash this year with the cosplay regulations which i think is kind of uh i think it's kind of sad and they um the guest list is pretty good this year, but I don't think it's as good as years prior. Hopefully, they're holding out on some guests. We're doing media there the whole weekend, so I'm going to be working yeah. anyway. And it's still a couple months away, so maybe they'll be like, hey, a surprise da-da-da-da is here, you know? You'll be, uh, I, you've only been here two years. I've only been here four. I'm very impressed with the community 
out yeah. here, not only at something like Genghis Khan, but any con I've gone to, the, the community out here is just so full of love. I hope I yeah. hope you felt that, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, same, same. And everyone I, out here is, is really nice to us. In fact, I don't – there'll come a day when we have someone on the podcast that, that maybe we don't get along with as well, but everyone that sits down where you're sitting down right there, I, I mean, it's just we have a great 20-minute conversation. It's, it's wonderful, and everyone yeah. has a great story to tell and we all share some of the same interests which which is wonderful i mean you know before you sat down today did you pick me to be a horror gamer i didn't pick you to be a horror <laughs> gamer but look, look at us now yeah then you got guys like rio you know i mean if i don't get a hug from rio at every con then it's just not a con for me That's that means the, he wants a hug right now <laughs> <laughs> all right as soon as rio came over earlier that's the first thing that uh the first thing that he did oh yeah and, and it's people like rio in the community that uh you know if you've never met him i mean people are just wonderful here we're all we've all got each other's backs which i think is great yeah, I enjoyed that, and I've I've met a, a bunch of awesome people, and you know I've gotten to work with some awesome photographers, and everyone just seems like they're really enjoying their own thing, you know. So I don't know, maybe it's the air. <laughs> I, I think it's the air. Maybe it's the legal weed. I mean, oh, yeah, that, <laughs> that might help a, a little true. bit. Yeah, what other true. cons have you gone to since you've been in in, in the state? Um, let's see, I went to Starfest once. Okay. Uh, obviously DCC, NDK I've been to. I think those are the only three that I've really touched base with. And then of course Genghis Khan Genghis, is my okay. first time here. Um, but yeah, those, I, those Rocky four Mountain Con, I'd highly recommend you. I think you'd have a lot of fun. Yeah. We had a blast there. And I then, heard uh, about that one. Yeah. Uh, Fort Collins has a con too that I think it's in September that we're going to be doing. And yeah. the people that run that are wonderful. It's, it's funny because uh, I'm originally from Vegas, so everything's so close. Uh, I want to go to all these cons, and then I hear they're like four hours away, two hours away. I'm just like, I keep forgetting I'm in Colorado. <laughs> yeah, you do have to. You do have to travel a little bit. Luckily, yeah. the travel between Denver and the Springs isn't horrible. Yeah. So, because uh, that's where Galaxy Fest is next weekend. But for us to come up here is, I mean, it's an hour drive. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Especially with something like this. Mm-hmm. What are you getting into the rest of the day today? Um, so I know the costume contest is today. And you definitely are entering, right? <laughs> no, I'm a guest here, so I'm going to be oh, okay. I'm going to be watching it and judging it and looking at it and <laughs> and seeing what everyone has to offer and then um, later tonight I'm also judging another cosplay contest for club cosplay, which is the after party. Um, for, so for tell me, Khan. tell me as a as a layman here, what goes on at those at those things? I'm not really a big club guy. Tyler yeah. and I drink a lot, but I'm not really a big club guy. So what would I expect if I were to walk in the door at Club Cosplay tonight? Well, I'll expect a lot of people in cosplay dancing and uh, mingling, and, and there's going to be awesome music. There's going to be awesome skits, awesome dancing, um, and of course the cosplay contest. Which if you do enter, you get in for free, and we actually have. Pretty cool prizes. Um, I think last time we had it, there was like a, I don't know, like a wand or something from Harry Potter that you can win. And oh, wow. Yeah, there was like some pretty awesome stuff, actually. And uh, yeah, just expect a bunch of nerds partying out. It's pretty fun. It's not like what you would think a club in Vegas would be. <laughs> that, when I think club, that's what I think. Yeah. So, uh, you yeah. know, guy at the door, 20 bucks to get in, whatever. So not like that. You got to have just... like more females than males. <laughs> Yeah, they have the ticker, right? Yeah. I, I know how it works. When you're judging a cosplay contest, mm-hmm. what goes into your mind? What, what to you, it makes a cosplay an A plus compared to an A minus? Well, I, I, I remember, well, what I do is I usually look back to how I, I was before. 
um, when I started cosplaying, and I and I remember how much time and effort goes into it, how much passion goes into it. So when I look at a costume, I always look at okay, did they put a lot of passion in it? Did they put their love into it, their time into it, um, and did they really like put their all and their skit? How well it's you know put together. So I look at that stuff. And then usually we ask questions. We ask them, how did you make this? How did you make that? Um, what was your favorite thing to make on it? What was your most difficult? So there's an interview process that goes along with Usually. This. I mean, sometimes I've, I've also judged cost, uh, contests where they'll just walk on stage and we have to judge them from there. That's how I imagined it going. Yeah. Uh, but so, no, there's like, it's, it's almost like Miss America pageant. You've got to... <laughs> We ask them what they're going to do for the next 10 years of their life. <laughs> if you had a million dollars, what charity would you give it to? You have questions like that? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> no, that, that's really cool. And you said skit. So some people, mm-hmm. like, what do they perform in character? Oh, yeah. They, some will do, like, dances or skits, uh, walk-ons. Well, they'll do, like, posing. Um, sometimes there's big groups, and they'll do, like, a whole scene from, like, an anime or a video game. So it gets really, uh, gets really intense, and uh, it's fun to watch. Um, usually the bigger cons, their, their, uh, costume contests are like two or three hours long. Oh, wow. Yeah. Just cause they have so many entries. Like they'll have like 20 or 30 skits and walk-ons and costumes. So it gets pretty crazy. What time does the contest start tonight? Um, I want to say six. I'm not quite sure. Well, you're a judge. You probably should be on time. <laughs> right. I'll just be like, show up. Hey guys, I'm here. <laughs> Who needs judging? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, line up, line up to be judged. <laughs> but well, that, yeah, yeah that, no, that's fantastic. That's uh, thanks for kind of giving me a little bit of insight because yeah. our third co-host actually is a is a big cosplayer in the community. Oh, nice. She should be here asking you questions yeah. today, but she's she's at KatsuCon. Oh my, yeah, oh yeah, KatsuCon. That's why uh, I was asking too about Galaxy Fest because I was going to say, if you're at Galaxy Fest, stop by and please interview with Rebecca because she's actually an expert at all this crap. I'm just talking out of my ass here. <laughs> um, she actually knows what she's doing. So. Oh, nice. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll, I'll look into it. I have to see what my how my schedule looks, but I should be free. I don't think I have anything to do until March. So Okay. Well, well before we kind of wrap today, please tell everyone that's listening and will be listening to this where they can find you at. Where oh, can okay. we find Fruitcake? Um, so you can find me on Facebook and Twitter at XXFruitcakeXX. Nice. Um, I'm, on, I'm also on Instagram, XFruitcakeX. And I also stream as well some video games and cosplay stuff, and that's on XOFruitcakeOX. And that's on Twitch, right? That's on Twitch, yeah. What do you? What game are you streaming on Twitch recently? Uh, I'm doing a lot of Overwatch because I did do my placements, and the Chinese New Year event was uh, going on during that time. I'm also going to be streaming Tales of Berseria because um, uh, I do uh, collaborate with Bandai a lot. So, oh, really? Yeah, they actually sent me the collector's edition, and I opened it on stream and costume, which is pretty interesting. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That, see, I can't dress up sexy and get free games. It just doesn't work like that. <laughs> I mean, you could. Have you tried? No. I, hey, you're, you're actually, that is a fair question. No, I have not. So are you saying that that should be my angle? Is that how I get free video games? I mean, I've seen other people do it. And, and it's, it's worked? worked. <laughs> so... I mean, you could. <laughs> well, not only, you know, awesome interview today, but leaving me with some points of wisdom. And that's, <laughs> I think that's very important. 
Thank you so much for coming yeah, by no and problem. talking Thank to us today. Thank you for having me. Hey, we, uh, we look forward to it. Trust me, I think you're really going to like this community, and I'm glad you took the time to sit down with us Thank today you. at BitFace. Well, half of us today at BitFace. I don't know <laughs> where the other one that actually loves anime I think I scared is. him off. You think you did? Yeah. I'm going to ask him when he comes it's back. It's the belts and the chains and stuff. Excellent costume, by the way. In Thank fact, you. when we when we post this episode up, we will post probably a picture and a link to your site. In fact, we do that for everyone. That, uh, oh, awesome! Thank you so much. Because you know it's a podcast, so people can't see you right now. I want them to see how impressive so they what can't you're see me making weird faces. <laughs> <laughs> they can't see me making them either, which is always a good thing. But no, thank you for so much for stopping by today. I had a lot of fun. Thank you.